This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Hell yeah, it's Friday. Welcome to the Monty Show. Big show for you as always. Yes, we are going to get into uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, game two was unbelievable last night. What one change did Boston make that may have changed that game in this series? We'll talk about that. Obviously, we'll get you ready for game two in the West tonight between Golden State and Dallas. How about this Luka Doncic rumor? Uh, we'll talk all about that. But first, you're going to hit subscribe. Then you're going to give us a thumbs up. We have a big, big giveaway coming next week that will require you to be subscribed to this channel, friends. So make sure that you are subscribed. We are going to give you $500 of greatness next week. The prize we're giving away next week will be valued at $500, and you can use it immediately. Is that enough of a tease, Jake? I think so. I, I mean, I hope so. You know. I hope so. You know. you know. Yeah, you absolutely, positively want to make sure that you are tuned into the show next week. And by the way, don't forget, when we get to 5,000 subscribers, we are giving away a uh, PlayStation 5 on the show. Um, you know, I went to the new Costco last night. Uh-huh. Um, what city is, that? is Is that Riverton? Like, I think that's technically Harriman. But is it Harriman? I think um, technically. It was great. I almost bought another um, Xbox. Really? Almost. Okay. And why, almost. Did, why didn't you? Um, I didn't because I just didn't. I don't know. It didn't feel right. Uh-huh. Um, the vibes you know, weren't there. Yeah. The, it, I, I wasn't feeling it. Um, but we are going to have a huge price. The new Costco in Harriman. You know, my wife said something interesting when we were walking through there. Um, as I try to open up my YouTube app to tell you how many people are subscribed to this channel, forty one hundred and fifty three. So we are we're we're doing we're doing a couple hundred uh, new subscribers a week. So in no time, we're going to be giving away this PS five. But the new Costco in Harriman, it's just another Costco. Who knew that a Costco that opened was just another Costco? It's ridiculous. Insta okay, wow, Jimbo, take it easy. Well, was it not busy? Was it not overrun with people? It was not. Really? It was not. It, it wasn't, was actually, it wasn't busy and, and stressful. No, we got some MF looks because I mandated that we wear our masks. Uh -huh. um, you rolled out a personal mandate, huh? I did roll out a personal mask mandate for myself, yes. Okay. Uh, I wear my mask pretty much everywhere I go. Um, but it was busy. It wasn't packed. There was no line out the door, but it was busy. It's a nice Costco, but it's the same Costco you ever been to. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. it's really not that different. So, but if you want a PS5 or a, an Xbox uh, Series X, they got them all ready to hook up. They've got thousands of them. Um, so, yeah, go check out the new Costco. It's good. I, I was going to get a hot dog because that's what you do at Costco. A hot dog sandwich? Yeah, but it was the line was out the door for right. the hot dogs. So, it was cray-cray. Um, make sure you hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Next week, we are going to give away a prize um, that's valued at $500 that you can use right away, but you will have to be subscribed and you will have to be a follower of ours on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or and if them all. Mm -hmm. Uh follow me, the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show. You can follow Jake at SLC Supercars. Without further ado, 
Uh, let's get to work because there's been a lot of salacious rumors floating around uh, about what the Utah Jazz are going to do. And I want to make sure that we get this right because it's all, you know, in permanent perpetuity. Uh, everything we've said about the Jazz is right here on this YouTube channel. Uh, and I encourage you to go back and watch. Um, because yesterday when I was talking to a uh, source at the Jazz, there was quite a bit of frustration expressed in the way that the media is handling the Utah Jazz. Um, specifically, the the lack of um, you know transparency, the lack of proper reporting on what the Jazz are doing. And we've talked about this topic ad nauseum, that there really is a struggle to get the truth out of the media in this town. And that continues. And it was interesting that talking to this person at the Jazz, they were telling me it, it's almost a running joke in the offices of the Jazz uh, about their, their, the poor quality and the poor relationship that this organization has with the local media. And a lot of it is the Jazz are frustrated with the way that, that the news tends to leak out mm -hmm. about what they're doing. And almost always it's incorrect. Um, but let me set the record straight because I think with all of the rumors that have been floating around the internet, questions continue to be asked about what the Jazz are going to do and where they're going to send Donovan Mitchell. And the plain, simple answer continues to be, we are not trading Donovan Mitchell. I was told in an unequivocal form yesterday, it has not changed since we talked about this in December. We are not trading Donovan Mitchell. We would have to have some unbelievable offer to trade Donovan Mitchell. And I specifically asked about Donovan's relationship to Ryan Smith and the ownership. And I was again told that they are in constant communication. Donovan is well aware of what the plan is with the organization. And that is to remake this roster to play to his strengths. And that they are not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. There are no plans. They are 100% invested in building around Donovan Mitchell. There are no plans to trade him. Everybody else, they are absolutely positively open for business on everybody else on this roster. We've reported that back to January and December when we told you that. And the Jazz plans have not changed. And if you look at their current situation, they are already into the luxury tax for next season, which makes them a repeat offender because they will pay the tax this summer. Um, and so their plans continue to be that they will move just about anybody. Interestingly, though, league sources tell me that they're, they're really committed to keeping Donovan Mitchell, but also that they have not been so open to conversations around Jordan Clarkson. They, I think they view Jordan Clarkson as that high-octane guy off their bench, and they view him as a critical contributor uh, to what they're doing offensively. And I actually agree with that. I think, and based on what I'm told, the guys that you can expect to be moved are Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. I think they are those two guys I think they realize are their biggest drags on their salary cap. And I think it goes without saying, and I think it's almost unspoken, that they are also going to move Boyan Bogdanovich. Because not that the $20 million that he's making is arduous, because it's not. The issue is he is so incredibly limited defensively that it really hurts them and it, uh, it really limits the rotations that they're able to play with him on the floor. It was almost impossible to be solid, even sound defensively, with Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert on the floor together because oftentimes they were isolated on the same side of the court 
which really hurt the Jazz. But, Jake, I find it not surprising at all that the Jazz are not open for business on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and and, and I don't think they should be. I, I think that, you know, the we're, we're well past the conversation of, who should they build around or what, you know, what, what camp should they be in? I, I, I think this is really definitive. I think that, you know, you look at the NBA playoffs, you look at the teams that are successful and none of them have seven footers on the team that are, that are slow, methodical players. You, you know, the, the last significant or prolific big left in the postseason is Bam Adebayo. And I think that, that Bam is a hybrid. He's not a traditional five. He's a four or five combo guy. Uh, that can do a lot for you, and he's very athletic for his size. So, you know, if I'm if I'm a Jazz fan and I'm looking at this, I'm saying that's the formula we're looking for, you know. And and I don't know that you know by trading Rudy and Mike and and the moves they make this off season, the goal necessarily or isn't necessarily to replace Rudy. It is to change the formula that you get to play with on a nightly basis uh, and add that to Donovan Mitchell's skill set and hopefully add that to an improved Donovan Mitchell on the defensive end and, and in the mid-range. That's what I think the Jazz need to, to, to be trying to do. And, and I think if you do that, you're, you're really helping yourself because if you look at where this Western Conference is going, you know, uh, as far as talent, as far as the teams, as far as how people are going about winning basketball games, I got news for you. The league's not slowing down. Specifically, the Western Conference is not slowing down. You know, Memphis is only getting better. Golden State is only moving quicker. You know, you have all these teams that are that are quick-moving teams. And by the way, I'd also point out, notice the teams that are having success in the postseason still in the Warriors and in Boston. What do they do? They get up the floor in transition, you know? And I look at Phoenix, you've got a slower guy in Chris Paul, and you got eliminated. So... I'm telling you, this the the formula for success for this team is to pick up the pace a bit. You know, I'm not saying you got to be the Rockets, but you need to have a team that can really move and has athleticism so that you can you can get up and down and get more easy baskets. I really felt like that's ultimately what hurt them in the postseason. They had to work for every single basket they got instead of being you know, getting up and down and getting easy transition buckets. So I absolutely think they should build around Donovan. I absolutely think that they should ship out Mike and Rudy. And I hope that what they get back from that are, are guys who are pliable and can do more than just one thing because that's ultimately what they need to fix. Yeah, I, I think when you talk about what this Jazz team needs to fix, they need flexibility. They need the ability to give Quinn Snyder, who, by the way, it was also pointed out to me yesterday, not to undersell the lead, that Quinn Snyder um, is coming back. They have had no talks about a change on their side or on Quinn's side. That Quinn Snyder, um, you know, basically took the week that he had hip surgery and he he decompressed, if you can do so, during hip surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, but being away from the office for a few days really did wonders for Quinn. Um, and there is no current plans to change their head coach. So <clears throat> I think you're seeing that the, all these rumors are just that. And it's amazing to me how easy it is to set the hook for, Hey, Don's going here and, uh, you know, Don's going there and, oh my God, Donovan Mitchell farted while he was in Connecticut. And that must mean that he's like... The ridiculous rumors around Donovan Mitchell, it's its shocking to me. Yeah. The Jazz have never, on any level, changed their answer. And I i think, I, I probably talk to Jazz sources 
for sure on a weekly basis, but multiple times a week. Um, like right now they're at the, they're at the draft combine. Mm -hmm. They are, they are getting ready, even though, um, they, they currently don't own a pick in the draft. They are scouting. They are getting ready. They are, they are building a talent bank. They are gathering information. They are preparing themselves to operate. Um, once the NBA finals are over, once free agency gets here, that's what they should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, they are, they are, they are in motion and, I think you you just have to understand that the answer from the Jazz has not changed for the last six eight months. It is never wavered. They are committed to building this team around Donovan Mitchell, Ryan Smith, and Donovan Mitchell, and to a lesser extent Danny Ainge have had extensive conversations about their commitment to Don, and that has not wavered at all. Everybody else should be looking at at their situation. And when you you look at what we reported, um, uh, what a month ago now, Rudy Gobert has told the Jazz that he wants to be in Utah, but he is open to a deal. Mm -hmm. He is frustrated that he is the scapegoat. Rudy Gobert straight up told the Jazz that he he feels a lot of frustration that he is the scapegoat for this team defensively, and he feels like he carries an inordinate amount of blame for the defensive failings of the Utah Jazz. And on on the other side of the 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 coin, he is he is I think wanting to be a larger part of the offense. Um the word that was used with Rudy is he has a lot of frustrations about the state of this team and his role on the team. Mm-hmm. He wants opportunities to do more offensively. And those opportunities simply were not there this year. And from what I understand, the Jazz told Rudy those opportunities are not going to be there until he brings a a skill set to the floor that allows them to give him the ball. Yeah, they they have shown him tape extensively. They have shown him video through the season. This cannot happen. We need more of that with this. Like defensively, they have watched tape ad nauseum with Rudy Gobert on that pick and roll switch, that game winner. Um, or excuse me, the the game tying shot by Christian Wood in Houston, um, where he backpedaled to the basket. His inability, or his what's the right way to say it, his his lack of ability to cover the three point shot off the pick and roll has been a constant thorn in the side of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Not that they blame him, but simply stated the fact that he does not have the athletic ability to get up and cover that three point shot really damaged their their defensive structure this year. And the issue is, it's not that it's Rudy's fault. That's just simply what teams were leveraging the Jazz into, getting better matchups so that they could take advantage of the Jazz's weakness on defense. Yeah. And the Jazz weakness on defense is absolutely the pick-and-roll switch leading to wide-open threes. We saw it in the Dallas series. We saw it in the Clippers series. Over and over and they, over Yeah, again. they never were able to adjust to that. Yeah. And those are the things that Rudy has to work on. He has to become a more flexible, explosive player on the perimeter with defensively. Offensively, he simply has to get footwork and the ability to use his body to create space, which he does not do. When you put the ball in Rudy's hands, especially with his back to the basket, he struggles to dribble because he doesn't have the footwork or the technique to fend off the guy who's guarding him, right? Who's between him and the basket, but yet protect the ball from the wing players who are coming in to take it from him. 
And until he's able to do that, they cannot consistently throw him the ball in the post. All of that to say, I think the Jazz would like to move Rudy for one reason. He's making $41 million a year. It's yeah. 23% of their salary cap. If he was making $20 million a year, this would be a different conversation. The problem is he's not. Yeah. He's 23.6%, I believe, is the number of their salary cap. That's an issue. It's untenable. So I, I, just, I don't know. What do you – if you keep Rudy Gobert, because I do think there's a scenario – where they will not be able to trade Rudy. Right. I think that is a very likely scenario. Well, it's going to come down to how willing they are to to move him. Like how how like how how palatable is the is the trade? Are you you know, are you willing to give up this guy or that guy guy as part of the Rudy trade? That's what I ultimately think the conversation comes down to. And and again, you know, uh, again, adding to the list of things we've talked about a lot on the show, like we talked, I remember specifically talking about probably, I think right when he signed the deal that next day, the first show we did, we specifically told you that when they go to trade Rudy Gobert, which they will at some point, the issue is going to be that he is making, you know, that $41 million a year average over the course of his deal. And that teams can absorb that. But because you're asking them to absorb that, they're going to need something else to go with it. And because you don't have picks, that means players. So what Who? What are you willing to do to get the deal done? And I'm, I'm sitting here on the show telling you that would be my top priority is moving him because that takes you in a direction that allows you to be more productive with your roster. Even if you got to pay a price this year, which I know... All the local media is saying, oh, they're not willing to take a step back and they're not willing to not be a postseason team. Well, I got news for you. Whether you're a five seed and, and getting bounced in the first round or you don't make the playoffs at all, that's the same thing in my book. It's the exact same thing. And the reason it's the same thing is because you rolled out into this season saying you were a championship contender and you weren't even close. So what good is it to play the extra games in the postseason just to disappoint yourself? So to me, I would be I would be committed and dedicated to, to, to A, knowing what I'm willing to give up to move Rudy, but B, then moving him before the, you know before too long. Well, I also think one thing that you said there was interesting about stepping back. I've had this conversation repeatedly as well. The Jazz are, are committed to being a playoff team every single year. They are well aware that to undertake a roster reconstruction and to get their financial house in order – they will likely have to be a bottom feeder team for a year. And I think everybody's on board with that because the Utah Jazz also realize this summer is not the penultimate moves that they're going to make. Yeah, They're going to make probably two to three trades this summer. They will be very active at the trade deadline next season. They will be. And I think what you're going to see is that this team is going to be a, a 7-8-9 team next season. And they will make an adjustment at the trade deadline. That is the most likely scenario. I think they make two to three big trades this summer. Mm -hmm. I think to facilitate a Rudy Gobert trade, they're going to have to have that be a multiple team trade. I think that you can only make that trade in free agency. I do not believe you can make that trade around the draft. I think you can absolutely trade Mike Conley for a second round pick. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt about that. I think you can trade Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, and you can get draft capital for that. But I, I think that, that you need to be prepared um, that you are going to wind up trading guys um, that 
that are sign and trade deals. You're going to wind up making deals. Um, you know, I look at this DeAndre Ayton situation in Phoenix. This yeah. is the perfect example of this. DeAndre Ayton wanted a max deal. DeAndre Ayton's going to get a max deal. It's not going to be in Phoenix. But DeAndre Ayton is going to free agency, restricted free agency, because the Suns are going to tender him uh, uh, an offer. They're going to they're gonna make him a tender. He is He's coming out of a rookie contract. The, the Suns have the option to tender him a, a, a contract, right? And that tender is going to be for a minimum of $16 million, which will then make him restricted. He can go out. This is Gordon Hayward. He can go out. He can be, you know, what's the right word? Courted. Yeah, courted, you desired. Know, yeah, you you can have people lust over you. Yeah. And somebody is going to make him an offer. Yeah. And it's probably going to be a max offer. And then the Phoenix Suns are going to make a deal. And to me, that's what the Jazz are going to have to do. The Jazz are going to have to get into a sign and trade. The Jazz are going to have to get into a situation where there are three teams involved at a minimum. You're probably, you know, just doing some math on it a couple of weeks ago. You're probably looking at like a five a five player team, a five player deal with three teams and draft picks. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to decide how much pain you're willing to take to move Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because it's not really optional. And again, I want to make this really clear because I know that, you know, a bunch of people on this show are going to say we're ripping Rudy Gobert. We're not. The simple fact is Rudy Gobert is not at fault here. Dennis Lindsay's at fault. Yeah. The reason the Jazz are going to trade Rudy Gobert is because Dennis Lindsay gave him an untenable contract. It just one that you cannot swallow with this cap situation. Yeah. The reason they're going to trade Rudy Gobert is because they made a bad decision on Mike Conley. That's why they're going to want what that's why it's so imperative that they trade Rudy Gobert because the only way to get out from under this is to move financial assets. And his contract is is a depreciating asset at this point. Yes it is. So you're going to have to move that to un, to unf yourself, if you will. Well, and I think I, I just think that's part of the process, and, and that's why I say like I understand that you know you're uh, again with all due respect, you're you're casual jazz fan who isn't paying attention right now and is just going to be like, all right, what do we got this year when they tip off the first regular season game and Bowler's doing his thing on the broadcast? Like, yeah, they're they're probably going to be surprised at what they see. But for those of you who are on the show every day and following this team closely and are really plugged in. Don't be surprised. Like, don't be surprised when the deal happens and they they don't benefit hugely. Like, again, this is this is a situation where if you're in that jazz front office, and again, this is just my opinion, I do think you should have a high pain threshold for this trade. I do think that you should be committed to moving him. And it has nothing. It's not a, hey, he sucks, sir. Rudy's terrible. That's not the conversation I'm having. I'm just simply having an X's and O's. What should we do to get better, to put Donovan Mitchell in a position to compete for an NBA championship? That starts with Rudy. Then it goes to Mike. And I'd even tell you they should humor a Boyan Bogdanovich deal too before it's all said and done. Because I think that those three guys, if you can get younger, if you can get more pace into the roster, if you can get more athleticism into the roster, you can work with that. That gives Quinn options on the floor. Again, imagine what kind of guy Donovan Mitchell turns into if he had the space that Jason Tatum has, if he had the space that Luka has or had before the Warriors series, frankly. So that's my point. Like, my my pain threshold for that trade would be high, but I would have to get a player back or 
or a pick that gets me a player back. That has they have to get that in return for making this deal happen. You know what's interesting is that you know, we're sitting here doing the show and people watch the show on a pretty regular basis. Like I'm texting with an NBA guy now. Uh-huh. Um, and and one of the things that I think is so interesting is that I think the Jazz have been involved in multiple deals. Like if you look at the players that the Jazz did not acquire. This one hurts. <laughs> I mean, you, hurts. you look at the who and if you've watched this show. I don't know how many people are with us this morning. We have some of our regulars here. If you watch this show, I think the two names that we've talked a lot about that the the Utah Jazz were involved with were one, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, currently a Dallas Maverick, and two, Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. Mm. And you look at those two guys, and you look at the Jazz inability, and, and one of the things that we've talked a lot about on the show is the learning curve and understanding who you are and where you are. Yeah. I think the Jazz at the trade deadline figured out where they were because I don't think they knew how little value they had in the open market. And the Jazz wanted to make that Marcus Smart trade, but the Celtics didn't want to give Marcus Smart up for nothing. Mm-hmm. And they wanted really to make a deal with Minnesota because the Jazz didn't have anything to offer. And now you look at the impact and it's always the trades you do not make yes. that have the most impact on your club. Yeah. And you look at the Jazz, and they're they're like I I, I look at the Spencer Dinwiddie deal. They didn't want to give up future first round picks to get to get involved in you know like we told you before he was traded that Montrez Harrell was a guy that would be a really good fit, and the Jazz would have interest in um, with Washington. They didn't make that deal. Yeah. Right. So. Spent, they they had a chance to get Spencer Dinwiddie, and they but didn't it, want to give up a future first-round pick to be involved in a big trade. But I think we have to ask the question, you know, with all due respect to Spencer and what he's done for the Dallas Mavericks, in this current Jazz roster, adding Spencer at that time, at the deadline, with what was happening with the team at that time, does that put them over the top? It Does that take you to... NBA Finals material. Does that beat material. the Dallas Mavericks? I don't know. I think, I don't I know think, either. Marcus Smart would have beat the Dallas yeah, Mavericks. Yeah, like I, th- see, I have that's no doubt more about definitive. that. And, and here's the other thing too, like, and this is just general NBA heading into the offseason, things to keep in mind in parlance of this whole jazz conversation. Like you have a lot of these mainstay teams in the league, a lot of the staple teams in the league, like, you know, your, your, your Lakers, the Phil, like the Sixers, like, you know, the Raptors, obviously, we've talked a lot about on the show. You have a lot of these teams who have options, who are definitely going to be active this offseason in building a team that they want to play with on the court this coming season. So yeah. if I'm the Jazz, I'm sitting here looking at my roster saying, hey, I know I need to move a couple of guys. My my thought process should be, all right, we're looking for opportunities. And maybe we whether that's like the smart thing from the offseason that we're trying to remake or whatever, or whether that's a new opportunity. I, I, I don't know, but what I'm sitting here telling you is that there are teams in this league, like the Lakers most notably, but there are other opportunities. But there are teams like the Lakers who are going to be very active, who have to make deals, who have to make something happen because they don't have the option to be a bottom feeder. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at, like one of the one of the NBA guys I talked to is texting me about um, the Houston Rockets deal, mm-hmm. and that Houston wants to remake that Laker deal. And one of the one of the conversations we had back at the deadline 
is that the Jazz were trying to be the third team in that Rockets-Lakers deal. That's a great example. And that's a great place to be. I mean, it, because I think the Lakers would have loved um, to have acquired John Wall for Russell Westbrook, essentially. Um, and at one point, we were, you know, we were hearing rumors that the the Jazz were, um, you know, were very close to to being, you know, a third team in that deal. And if I remember right, it was Talon Horton Tucker and Christian Wood. Yeah, um, would have been two of the names that would have ended up with the Jazz. And I I think those are the kind of deals you have to you have to really look seriously at. I know that, you know, frankly, one of the guys that has real value on this roster is Royce O'Neal. Yeah. I mean, he's somebody that can be a a very solid bench contributor for 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 good teams. And I, mean, I agree with that. Totally. I agree he is a solid bench contributor, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, Roy I mean, Royce Royce is an energy defender um who when he's willing can knock down a corner three. But he he all too many times was not willing this year to do that. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're a team like Houston and you can have a guy like Royce O'Neal coming off your bench, um, that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, he doesn't fit with the Lakers in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but if you're a, if you're a younger team and you can have a guy like Royce O'Neal, who is not an old player, by the way, there's a perception out there that Royce O'Neal is older. Royce O'Neal is not older. I want to say that he's right in the same uh, range as Don is. I mean, you, you're looking at a guy who's been in the league five, six years. He's that's an experienced player. Um, then as a really good rebounder and is a really 28. Yeah. He's 28 years old. He's a really good rebounder and a guy that is, that can play some, some defense. He's not an elite lockdown defender, uh, but Royce O'Neal has value he's around the league. He's good enough defensively to come off your bench and make an impact in, yes. in short form. And, and, and again, I, I, I really, and I'm sure they're there. I'm really not here for all you guys do is bash on the Jazz. That's not the conversation we're having. So I don't want to hear, oh, you guys hate Rudy and you hate Royce. That's not the conversation. The conversation is that they got to move these guys and what guys have value. And the truth is, is you've been asking Royce O'Neal to be a 35-minute-a-night guy when really he's probably a 20- to 23-minute-a-night guy. Yes. And by the way, he probably makes more of an impact with less minutes because he's fresher. Oh, absolutely. He's a defensive guy. Like, yeah. like that's what that's what you should be asking him to do. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is the Jazz have a terrible habit of asking dudes, whether it's in the starting lineup or coming off the bench, to do too much. Boyan Bogdanovich should not be asked to guard Jalen Green when you're playing the Rockets. No. Shouldn't be asking him to do that. That's a recipe for failure, Well, man. and I, I think you you can't ask a guy like Rudy Gobert to be a pick-and-roll defender at the three-point line. Dude, and you, that's, the, that's the hard part yeah. because this is such a pick-and-roll league. You can't ask Rudy to, to – uh, and, and look, I agree with the criticism about, hey – you got to step up on the three in the pick and roll. I, I agree with that. But I think the issue for me, as far as Rudy and, and what they're what they're asking him to do, I agree with Rudy in the sense that they're asking him to do too much. You can't ask me to p play the three in the pick and roll, but then also be pissed off when, you know, Bogey gets beat baseline and I can't get back. And the, that that's a great point because what's going through my head right now is that would all be well and good if you had rotational defenders but you that don't. Could, could protect the rim, but, but you don't. Yeah. And so the hard part is when you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who is not a high caliber defender at this point in his career, mm -hmm. and you have a guy like Royce O'Neal, who is not a high caliber defender at this point in his career, and you have a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich, and you have a guy like Mike Conley, and everybody, Jordan, Cl like you don't have an elite defender 
that can help you on the perimeter and at the rim rotationally. Again, look at the teams left in the postseason. Just look at them. What do all four of these teams have in common? All four of them are top 10 defenses. All of them. Even the Dallas Mavericks, as average ass as they are in defense sometimes, they can lock down and play good defense, right? The Warriors can play good defense. Even, uh, like, again, the Heat and the Celtics are probably the gold standard right now for defense. Oh, um, I think the, the Warriors are right there. You don't, you don't, yeah, don't waver on that. I think perimeter, th- this this league is a perimeter defense. Yeah, league. you have to be able to stop people off the wing. And I, I look at Marcus Smart with that crossover last ridiculous. night. Ridiculous. I, I Absolutely mean, ridiculous. That is that is quintessential NBA basketball in 2022, yeah. where, where you have a guy in Marcus Smart who's not a, a great three-point shooter. But he makes it enough that you have to step up to him. Yeah. He drops a crossover and a guy falls on his ass. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, and then Marcus steps in and hits the two-point jumper. Like, that's what the Jazz can't do. The Jazz don't have that type of player. Now, Don is going to be that player this coming year. I mean, I I would expect a huge offseason out of him. But look, if Don didn't get any better than he is right now, but you simply gave him more space and more talent to work with, he would become better just because of that. So combine adding better talent on the roster with what he's definitely going to Absolutely, do this offseason. Yep. You've got a different team now, and that's what I'm saying. Like This offseason is so crucial. I don't care if you take a step back, per se, in the win-loss column. Take a step forward in your cap. Stop paying $10 million in luxury tax money. Stop, dude. Like Be committed to having a good cap, be committed to having a good roster, and then build off of that. Yeah, and I think you have to have this offseason is going to require quite a bit of courage. I, I, I think that you are – yeah. that's why – and I, I know this is going to sound crazy, and a lot of people hit me hard on this on YouTube the other day, but this uniform thing is, is really important. I mean, if you're going to trade, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, it, 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 you know, fan perception matters. Right. So let's let's use Rudy Gobert as an example. Mm. If you're going to trade Rudy Gobert, you're going to piss off a pretty good part of your fan base. Right. And then if you have crappy uniforms on top of that and you got knocked out of the playoffs early again, yep. you're you're going to have to have some courage this this summer to make deals that help you win now and in the future yep. because you're going to take a lot of backlash from your fans. Got to have staying power, you, man. You, you, and I, I think you just can't care. Yep. And I know that that is, that's contrarian to, to doing a podcast and, you know, being a show that's, you know, really heavily relying on our fan base, but you can't care what your fans think, it, especially as an NBA ball club. You've just got to go and do what well, you all the best. Yeah. They're all convicted in the moves yeah, that they're making. Yeah. And and I think that's the hard part. All right. Let's get some of your thoughts in here. Hey, look at that. And Garcy first one in this morning. Uh, Gene Streamer Gamer says, good evening from the Philippines. Hey, how the heck are you? Hello, friend. Appreciate you being here. He says, uh, 4,150 subs. We are near the giveaway. Yes, you are. That's exactly right, friends. Don't forget, give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. That really helps the channel grow. Next week's giveaway is going to be popping, I'm telling you. And subscribe. And make sure you follow us on social because tomorrow we're going to release a video on our social media channels describing this giveaway. And it is a really, really pragmatic giveaway. And I don't want to say too much. Yeah. But with the way the world's working right now, this particular giveaway will impact you. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Uh, Cody Strickland says good morning, Dane. What's up, Eric and Raleigh? Um, Dane said I heard uh, they had formula. 
well, Costco, he means had baby formula. Dude, I saw it on stories. There was locally. a brawl at Costco um, over a woman was in a Costco. And I want to say it was Salt Lake. I want to say it was the big, big yeah, the Costco downtown. downtown. Yeah. And they were, they were trying to keep it to one formula purchase per person. She got there very early and filled her cart up. And there was a woman who was like, hey, you took, like this lady took what was left of the baby formula. And this lady said, hey, I really need formula. Can I, can I get one or two of those? And the lady wouldn't let her and they got into an altercation over it. Catch me outside, how about that? It's ridiculous, dude. It's crazy what's going on in the world. Dane, you're not wrong. Uh, and Garcia says, don't do TikTok or Instagram. Ah, bummer, dude. Follow me on Twitter then. I think you do. I think we tweet. I think you and I tweet and Garcia. Um, always good to see you, my man. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says, I don't think what will the Jazz future of letting players go. Too critical. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a really difficult offseason for the Jazz and for the fan base. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of change. Uh, raise your hand if you've come to the Monty podcast for jazz news. And Garcy says, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Rudy says, morning, fellas, just let's hope they make the right moves and uh, to make Mitchell a better player. Yeah. And, and Don's got to make Don a better player. Yeah, he's got to improve. Yeah, and he will. Uh, what would a team build around um, Donovan look like? Four, three, and D guys and him? No, I, I think what you're going to look See, at. Wait, but, but, but hold, not to cut you off. Mm -hmm. You can't have that. You can't have four, three, and D guys in Donovan Mitchell. No. That doesn't work in this league anymore. It's no longer a, hey, you've got three or four guys that do one thing, and then you've got one superstar. That doesn't work anymore. You need three, four guys who do everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you need you need the Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like, you need guys who can get to the rim, can shoot the three, and who are willing defenders. Yeah. Those three, you, I mean, you need more of Donovan Mitchell. Don's got to be a better defender. That, to me, it, this summer's got to be all about mid-range and footwork. Yeah. Because it's not that Donovan doesn't try on defense. He just, his footwork is just not there. It's not good enough. No. It, it is, it's not, I'm telling you, it's not an effort thing with You're Don. going to see, you're going to see Donovan Mitchell with David Alexander next month, I guarantee it. You're going to see Donovan Mitchell the following month with Chris Brickley. I guarantee it. And then you're going to start to see in the preseason, Donovan Mitchell is going to come out with a point to prove on defense, and the offense will follow. I guarantee that's how it will play out. Yeah. I think you're going to see Donovan Mitchell playing a lot of basketball this summer. Yeah. Because to to really get back to to being an elite mid-range player, you got to shoot the ball this, a lot. Dude, this stuff in his legs, he needs to solve this too. You better be lifting weights every day this season, this offseason, bro. Well, like, lifting weights in and I think Donovan's got to get more flexible. Yeah. He he is it's not and this is a, one of the the bigger issues with Rudy Gobert and other big men in the league. You get injured when you lose your flexibility. Mm -hmm. And as as a professional athlete, and really this is football and basketball specifically, it's all good that you lift weights. It's all good that you're you can bench and curl and squat, all that. Yeah. But you've got to train to be an athlete. Mm -hmm. You still got to lift all those weights, but you also have to train 
under, you got to lift those weights in a certain way so that you're strong and you're flexible, so that your core is incredibly strong, but it engages well. And your core works with your upper legs. They know those thigh and hamstring muscles, the biggest muscles in your body have to be long. They yeah. have to be flexible. They have to be strong. Yeah. Right. Because what does your quad and hamstring really do if you're a basketball player? Well, it protects your knees. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't have, and Don hasn't had knee injuries, but he's had quad injuries. Yeah. Right. And he pulled at his hamstring this year. Like, Don's got to be, and that's why this David Alexander thing, if you don't know who David is, he's a renowned trainer of athletes. You got to get that guy. Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's guy. Like every star has that guru. Yeah. David Alexander is, is the body guy for LeBron James, for Dwayne Wade. Like you got to have that guy. I agree with you hundred percent. I want to see Don really commit to his body. Yeah. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, who's going to take Conley though? Well, the, the money, oh, there are teams. The, yeah. The money is less of a factor with Conley. Yeah. It, is Mike Conley really willing to go and be a role guy, a bench guy? Because if he's willing to come off the bench, I mean, uh, the Lakers absolutely would love to have a guy like Mike Conley who can is a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, Except if he's wearing a jazz uniform. And mm -hmm. he, Well, no, he. I, I think the one thing he's always done as a jazz man, Mike Conley, is shoot the three well. I yeah. mean, he's a guy that you can count on to make threes. Um, like any shooter, he's going to miss his fair share. But Mike Conley makes threes. I think. I think maybe I'm wrong. This season was not good for Mike Conley. No, and, it was not. And I don't think that teams are all of a sudden going to just look past that. I I think that there's real questions around how much he has left. Number one, and if he can bounce back this coming season, I would expect him to. I think everyone's entitled to a crap season. Like I don't think he all of a sudden <laughs> forgot to shoot out a shoot a basketball. Well, no, but, but I don't think it's that he's a bounce back season. I just think you have to have the proper expectations. And I, and again. What have I always said about Mike Conley? You can expect one thing from Mike Conley every year. Yeah. He's going to be injured. Yeah. That's who he's always been through, wet. throughout his career. Water's wet. Chris Paul's injured in the playoffs. Mike Conley's injured. If Mike Conley's a 20-minute-a-night guy for you off your bench in Los Angeles, in Dallas, um, he, you're good. You're good to go. Like, you can you, – you're absolutely willing to do that. I think Mike Conley's that guy who goes to a place like Denver, a, a play, a really good team that needs a bench guy that can score and shoot the three. You, you're always going to have a job if you can knock down the three in this yeah. league, and Mike can't. Yeah. And I think Mike Conley is Mike Conley's a guy that's got value. Teams will teams will trade for Mike Conley. I, I have I have no doubt about that. Uh, the blind swordsman says are media outlets just afraid of what's going to happen if they say the truth. Holy shit, man, like they make fun of you guys and act stupid with rumors. Uh, fire all of them and get better people. It's not fire all of them. But the thing that is the thing that is so different in media circles right now, and think about who you listen to on the radio. Think about the podcast, the, the columns you read. Like the only guy I read consistently in this town is Tony Jones. That's mm -hmm. it. And I, I, I have a high level of respect for Tony. Um, I think he's an incredible – I really like him as a guy. He's a really good dude. Yeah. And he's really good at what he does. Like, he knows the game. He knows basketball. He's not somebody that has to read a box score to write a story. Yeah. He knows basketball. I pay the athletics simply for Tony Jones. Other than that, like, I, I don't want to hear – you know, like, my biggest gripe with Andy Larson is the Rocco bullshit, right? Like, I, I heard him – he was on, I think – 1280 one of the shows he was on the radio 
And he's talking about how the Jazz were pursuing Roco. Like, they were never trading Joe what Ingles. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, and he was talking about Joe Ingles head up for Robert Covington, who he calls Roco. And it's like, guy, can you just, like, for once, just say Robert Covington? Like, you don't have to be hip and cool and be a stack geek and then completely make up a story about what Donovan Mitchell was doing with the Dallas bench. Yeah. That's my issue. Like, I don't have an issue. I don't know Sarah Todd at all. Her and I have never talked. Her work is solid, right? But it's not one where you're like, oh, man, I got to find out what Sarah Todd wrote about the jazz. And that's what I feel like the media is in this town. Again, excluding Tony because Tony's in a different portion. But, you know, the media in this town just reports stuff. They, It's not like, oh, man, like I really have to go and read this dude's work or this gal's work. Like, it's just, I, it's just a weird a weird dynamic. And I don't mind, you know, like I, I, I don't, I, I, I just think I, I look at, I look at Eric Walden, the really solid writer. I like Eric's feature stuff, but they, that, that uh, KSL and the zone are never going to say anything critical of the jazz. It's never going to happen. It's internal. And I, I, you know what? I wish Andy Larson was at KSL and Ben Anderson was at the trip because I think you would have a completely different situation. But I, because I respect Ben Anderson, I think I know he knows basketball. I know Ben Anderson knows basketball, but there's only so far you're going to be able to go when you work at KSL and, and you're covering the jazz. Yeah. You know, like that's to me, the issue is there's no accountability from the media to the jazz in it. It absolutely gives the jazz a free reign, but it creates this odd relationship between the media and the jazz where players are going after media members on Twitter. Yeah. And there's a lot of frustration with the way the media handles the Jazz from the Jazz. The Jazz are frustrated with the way the media handles them. Yeah. And what the Jazz want, I think the Jazz would love nothing more than to just fly under the radar. Oh, hey, the Jazz are releasing a uniform. Okay, great. It's awesome. You guys are the best. All right. Hey, the the draft is here. Ah, oh, you guys, great pick with Jared Butler. Wow, nice job. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't forget Salt Lake Summer League. Get your T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And that, most years, is what you get here. The Jazz control the media. Well, now you've lost. There's turmoil. And nobody's reporting on what's going on in the locker room. And with 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 and I, I appreciate I appreciate everybody who's saying, hey, you guys have been right, whatever. Hey, that and I appreciate that. We let our work talk for us. Yeah. Right? I think what we've reported, we we have not missed on a single jazz story. We have not. And I think I think if you go back and look at what we've reported, we've been pretty spot on with it. Cause we don't have any, we don't have any master. I don't have a daddy, right? No. Like no. I, I don't work for KSL. I don't work for the Trib. I don't work for the jazz. Daddy. Yeah. I mean, pound sand if you don't like what we're doing, but I can tell you, and you can believe me or choose not to, they call us. Yeah. The jazz came to us, yeah. the people at the jazz, the, the two, three people we talked to at the jazz, they all reached out to us. I didn't reach out to them. Mm-hmm. So, they want information in in the mainstream. They want information in the public. So, but they want it to be the right information. And they and I just think that when you when you're in the situation the Jazz are in with the media, you walk a perilous tightrope tightrope because you don't want a whole lot of coverage, but man, you need just the right amount of coverage. Yeah. So, it's that interesting thing. Uh, the Crote one uh, says Mitchell is not any better than bogey on, on defense. I don't disagree with that at all. I think you're exactly right. You know, I, I, I don't think he's worse than bogey. Yeah. But 
Don just doesn't have the footwork. The right difference now. is he can become much better. Yeah, he has ceiling. He has growth. Donovan Mitchell is half the player he's going to be when he's at his max. Yeah. I mean, I, he's got a lot of growth. Um, the croat one says Mitchell equals New York. Donovan Mitchell's not going to the Knicks anytime soon. Yeah, that's a tired story, bro. It, it really is. And if yeah. that's the default, like we can sit here and talk about, oh, they were working out Emmanuel quickly. And why wouldn't they be working out together? Why wouldn't they be hanging out together? Why, why is that such a big thing? It's not, I'm telling you. Like Donovan Mitchell wants one thing, and that's to win a championship. There's nobody in their right mind that says, I want to win a championship. Better go play for the Knicks. Nobody says that. Yeah. Nobody. It's like the dumbest angle there is. Can the Jazz make a trade for Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell? The Jazz don't have any interest in Julius Randle. And why would they? And by the way, trading Donovan Mitchell for Julius Randle is not even a conversation. Yeah. Julius Randle Julius Randall is overpaid. He had one really good year, and he, and he got a contract out of it, and I say, hey, more power to you, bro. Yeah. The Jazz, from what, what I've been told, the Jazz have zero interest. It's a non-starter for Julius Randle and the Jazz. Yeah. It, it just, it, it never has been. And when you look at, when you look at Donovan Mitchell, the, I'm telling you again, the Jazz today, right now, the Jazz, I don't think in the next 12 months will trade Donovan Mitchell. It, something could dramatically change. Okay. They're not trading Donovan Mitchell this offseason. It would be a shocker, and it would have to be 20 picks and the best player anybody's ever seen. Yeah. I don't know what it would take to get him out of Utah right now because the Jazz the Jazz are committed to building this team around Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know how else I can say that. Um, thoughts about Jeremy Grant. Asler 2K says, I love his game, and I want to see him wearing a Jazz uniform next season. Jeremy Grant's in high demand. Any player that's in high demand is going to be a very difficult get for the yeah, Jazz. Yeah, you're not fitting him in your cap right now. The Clippers, the Lakers, um, I know Dallas really liked Jeremy Grant. Um, I mean, and the thing about Dallas and Jeremy Grant, he's got size and they don't. <laughs> and he can move. Jeremy Grant's a better version of Maxi Kleba. Yeah. And and Davis Bertans. Like, the, the, I think he's a great fit in Dallas. And I think Dallas really likes him. They yeah. need size. They're 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 getting beat by Golden State because they're getting out rebounded. They're getting out physical. They need a dirty dog in Dallas. Yeah. And I think that that that's going to be there. That's why they're interested in Rudy Gobert. Uh, I mean, with without question. All right, real quick, I want to move through this because we got a bunch to get to. Gobert's whoa, hey, comment dump. Sorry, Eric. Uh, trading Gobert is prime example of addition by subtraction. Yes. NBA guy, jazz guy, Chipotle guy. Yeah. And Garcy says. Yeah. Yeah, I love Chipotle. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, man. I had a great burrito yesterday. I did. I, I, every day. <laughs> Regular like the wind. Uh, James Knight says, seeing Garcy pay attention, Monty is, is, is connected, my man. I just always go off of our resume. When people say, you don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know if that's what Garcy said because we got a ton of comments right here. It is what it is, man. Uh, Kira N says, yes, trade, but be smart about it. Just trade Rudy to save the team. I think you have to. Yeah. If the Jazz keep Gobert, they are going to have him play a 1-2-2 zone. Well, Eric, but, but look at the zone you, uh, Chaboy's in Golden State play. Bro. A box in one? Brilliant. It, it was really effective. I don't think you can play a 2-3 zone in this league and win. No. 
Just my box opinion. and one, you can. Yes, but you again, can. But again, they're not athletic enough to play zone. It's it, like again, you just can't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, "Is a giveaway a bag of headbands and airport confiscated weed?" It, it. You know what, man? Could you just keep the secret, please? It is if I say it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I'm trying to give away a bag of skunk lettuce, and you just keep giving. You know, like telling people. Fuck you. Where'd you hear that? Exactly. <laughs> Wow, that's a great job. Uh, Kira N says, Rudy is not a Superman. He needs help. Just everyone. Yeah, uh, Rudy. Rudy's not the problem. Yeah. It's what's around him that's the problem in that contract. And Garcia says, stop and ask yourself, who's asking the players to do things they can't handle? And tell me that that in itself isn't a major issue. It is. I mean. Yeah, we just said it was. You don't have the bodies to play Quinn's system. Yeah. So you either change the bodies or you change Quinn. And they're not changing Quinn. Yeah, they're going to change the bodies. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, well, in that case, sign me up for the weed. Exactly. Sometimes guys just get to keep, uh, just get injured because of bad genetic makeup, Monty. Absolutely. I'm not faulting Mike Conley for always being injured. I'm faulting the Jazz for believing he would be healthy. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. It's not Mike Conley's fault. His DNA says you're going to pull a muscle. Yeah. Every day. It's the Jazz fault for believing that they somehow would have a different Mike Conley. Yeah. That, that is what it is. Uh, Greg Hoppins says, yep, like weak uh, drinkers. Get them out of there. They're ruining the vibe. <clears throat> okay. Kira says, Don is not a superstar. Needs to get better to carry the team. Needs to become more like Kobe or Mike. Well, there's yeah, never going to be another that. Kobe. Good luck with that. Uh, Leonard Donnan Endelove. What's up, my man? Good to see you. Uh, he says, hey, Kira, nobody will be mirror of those two guys, but Donovan has uh, reached his ceiling. Has Donovan Mitchell reached his ceiling? No. That's probably you can't answer shot. that question because you don't know what he's like when he's actually got space to work with. Yeah, Deem, uh, eBay the sofa surfer. What's up, bud? He says, "Would you take Maxi uh, and Niang and Thibel for Mitchell?" I would not. Mm. I I think the 76ers. It's funny we were uh, in our vaunted secretive pre-show meeting this morning, which really isn't vaunted or secretive. Uh, we were sitting here talking about the Sixers and the fact that James Harden's opting into that deal. You can just write 100%. that down. He ain't yeah. he walking away from $48 million. Nah. People are like, oh, he's walking away from the Sixers. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah, okay. He's making $48 million next year, dude. You walking away? You opting out? Yeah. On a player option, you opting out of $48 million? No. Hell no. No. Um, I think they need to trade Thibel. I think Maxie's a superstar in waiting. Yeah. I think he could be that Superman third Maxie option. Maxie is their Jordan Poole. Yeah. He could be that Superman at, at, as a third option. But – they're going to be better next year than they were this year with a full year of James Harden. And there's a lot of people in NBA circles that are telling me that like he is motivated to get defatted. Yeah, he needs to do something. I'm telling you, his the, reputation, the, the dumper, is, the, his reputation is seriously in bad shape. That fat, eh. yeah, dude, guys, fat, dudes, fat, 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 <laughs> fat. Like, come on, dude. Sixers keep bringing up Mitchell and Beal as targets. Well, I mean, there's a lot of teams who want Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are not going to trade him. Cody yeah. Strickland says he just want to flat out tell you guys and your wife there is no Crown Burger in Tooele. Uh Okay. Was it Apollo Burger in Tooele? It was some burger in Tooele. We had we had amazing French fries in Tooele. I'm pretty sure there. Was, I thought it was Crown Burger. It might have been Apollo. I wasn't burger. there when you did that. Apollo so Burger, know. Crown Burger, Filibertos, Rilibertos. It's all the same thing. Yeah, I mean you know. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. Um, James Harden says fat, or uh, James Knight says fat Harden. Yeah, dude. 
Olympus Burger is killer, just saying, and Garcy says. I've never heard of that in Garcy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know Olympus Burger. Uh, Monty, two things. I'm positive any NBA player would rather win a chip in New York over Utah. Well, the problem is the but Knicks. But the problem is the Knicks don't win championships, bro. Then you better be like, a net because the Nets are far closer to winning how, a championship than the Knicks. How hard is this to comprehend, bro? The Knicks aren't winning a championship. I don't care who you bring there. It's not happening. Yeah, and Garcia says, and understand if Donovan don't buy in the Jazz plan and is clear he won't resign, the Jazz will end up moving him. Yeah, but you're talking about three years down the line. You you don't work in three-year windows. I mean, if you're the Jazz, you have no plans to trade Donovan Mitchell right now. Yeah. If in two years he's like, I'm out, okay, trade him. It, I mean, if he becomes a headache, which he won't, trade him. Yeah. I just I, – I don't think it's that much of a deal. Okay, real quick on the NBA playoffs. Um – the Boston Celtics last night made a change that I thought flipped this series on its ear. Mm -hmm. They put Robert Williams on the bench and they put Grant Williams in the game. Mm -hmm. And they went with that small lineup with Al Horford and I thought that completely changed the dynamic How of that. that. Yeah, I thought that completely changed the dynamic of that the rest of that first and second quarter and really put Jason Tatum in the in the 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 power position. Put your best players in space in a in a in a in a good matchup, and they will win. How does how does Miami bounce back now? Because I think Boston is a terror. When they go super small like that, I think Boston's an un unbelievable matchup for Miami. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I think what it's going to require out of Miami uh, is is Bam going for twenty five and fifteen. You know, and I think that Tyler Hero's got to step up. It, it it literally is that simple because you know, here's what we know. We know that game one was a bit of a fluke for Miami because Boston wasn't healthy. So game two is really what this series is going to be, which is specifically what we told you yesterday. So when I look at where this series is at, you're going back to Boston, and if you're Miami, you're trying not to come back to American Airlines Arena down 3-1. Like, let's be really clear. Oh, I agree with that. You're, you're, you're going on the road trying not to come back in an elimination game. So if I'm Miami, again, Bam's got to be better. I don't know where this trend came from where Biggs got, got really soft and not aggressive. I'm talking about Bam, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert. Like, the only two that aren't soft are Joel and Jokic. Those two guys will get after you. So. Well, and I think Miami's got to find a way to get Victor Oladipo really so solidly involved. Because he's showing you flashes. Vic is showing you that he can still do it. Yeah. And I, I think that you have a bunch of role players on that team. You know, like the Tyler Hero turnover. Like, I mean, they're, you're making mistakes with guys whose top end is far lower than Victor Oladipo. And you can't make those mistakes. And your point on, on Bam is really critical. I think he's you've got to punish Boston when they go small. Yeah. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is, is with Bam Adebayo. I mean... Because Jimmy Butler can only do so much. Yeah. But now Marcus Smart, I think, did a really good job putting Jimmy Butler in his place. And it's going to be up to Jimmy Butler, who I think is a great playoff performer, to to do something different than he's done. Yeah. Uh, Golden State game three to or game two tonight with mm -hmm. Dallas. What do you make of this rumor from Kevin Harlan on uh, TNT that he he told KMBR six eighty in San Francisco yesterday that Luka Doncic was sick. Mm -hmm. Um, during and after game one and was up all night the night after game one being sick. View this the same as the flu. What do you make of that? I think that it, it just doesn't matter. I, I, I think you got a job to do and he's going to play. I, I, I honestly, like I think, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't mean to be cold blooded about it, but we ain't got time for, Hey, I'm sick. You ain't got time for that. I, I mean, this, this series, 
Dallas will get throttled without without uh, without Luca because you know I'm sure people are going to say, well, look what happened when Luca wasn't available against the Jazz. Well, I got news for you: this isn't the Jazz. This is the Warriors. This is a different team who's way more capable defensively and is not going to allow Jalen Brunson to just penetrate the paint and do whatever the hell he wants to do. That's not going to be a thing against the Warriors. So that's why I say. If you're Luca, yeah, dude, sorry. Plug in the IV, drink a ton of water, like get your electrolytes up and be ready for the game. Like that's all you're required to do. Don't go to shoot around. Yeah. Don't go to whatever. Like rest, get your body right and go and do your thing and then go home. And stare at your hot mom. Yeah. Uh, you know? Make sure you hit thumbs up on this show. Give us a like. It really helps the channel grow. Again, huge giveaway that we're going to announce on social this weekend. Um, and it's going to be amazing yep really looking forward to it follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok the monty show m-o-n-t-y the monty show you can follow jake at slc supercars nick saban pissed a bunch of people off the other day mm -hmm. good old sabinator yeah uh came out strong against texas a&m and jimbo fisher jimbo hey jimbo and then jim jimbo fisher called him despicable about 20 straight times first of all i'll say it's a shame that we have to do this, it's really despicable. One. It's despicable that somebody Two. can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. He's taking shots at 17-year-old kids no, and their families. No, he didn't. They broke state laws. No, he didn't say that. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. Yeah, he we said never that. bought anybody. No yeah, rules were did. broken. Nothing no, was he, done wrong. He never said that. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things, and these families, it's despicable. That a reputable Three. head coach could come out and say this. It really doesn't get his way, or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen, and it's ridiculous. But when when he's not on top, and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk Listen to coaches who coach right for there. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. Say if you're gonna say if you're gonna say go dig into him, go dig into him. It's ridiculous. Get your pig's feet and dig into them. It's really despicable. Hee-haw. If you're going to – if that, like, if that's the way you're going to go, Jimbo, just go all in. Like, Jimbo, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, what are you talking about, Jimbo? Look, I like I like Nick Saban. I, I have a lot of respect for him. He never said anybody broke laws. It's ridiculous. He never said that all oh, these kids are thieving. He never said that. He never went after 17-year-old kids. It's really head. despicable. He never He never did that. What he did was go after Jimbo and said that he bought all of his players with this consortium, which is exactly what Jimbo did. It's ridiculous. By the way, it's not against any state law or any NCAA regulation, but it's not the heart of NIL, which That's is an issue, which is exactly what Nick Saban was saying. Yeah. Right. So yeah. here's, here's the truth of the matter. Everybody hates Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Everybody in Utah hates Michael Jordan. And why is that? Because they win. Nick Saban wins. He's the best head coach in the history of college football. <laughs> He's got a grip of wins. Roll Todd, Forrest Gump in it. Like he is kicking your ass, Jimbo. It is if I say it is. It is what he said it is, man. And you don't have to like Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. But you will respect Nick Saban. It's really despicable. And Jimbo also said in that, that thing, they said, well, have you talked to Nick Saban? Yeah, he called. Well, I'm not talking to him. We're done. It's ridiculous. We're done. We're done. Fuck off. Like, who are you? Who are you? You're the flame out that tried to replace Bobby Bowden at Florida State, and you, you didn't do that. How about that? Like, you, you're just a you're just <laughs> until you win a championship, you're just a dude. Yeah. You're just a dude. You're just a guy.
And then there's our favorite guy on 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 Twitter mm-hmm. who parodies all of these conversations, which I love so much. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I, I, and I'm being serious. Why don't you follow me on Twitter? Because then you would have heard of Joey, Joey Molinaro. Yeah. And uh, his impersonations of SEC coaches. Coach Saban, I don't know what the hell that was last night. Talk about calling the pedal black. I mean, that gummy. Jimbo, I don't know what you're talking about, all right? That's not how I run my program. Oh, man. Right. Up to national titles and five, five-star recruits from C to shine and C, but not a dime from your pocket. Sure. Look, I don't pay these players. I, I just scare the living bejesus out of them so they don't go anywhere else. <laughs> Plus, how else are people supposed to believe that you get these kids that commit to live in College Station? Oh, yeah, right. Because I forgot the Tuscaloosa, the Miami Beach, Alabama. It is if I say it is. <laughs> Look, Coach, you believe whatever you want to believe, but just know that we are coming for that ass again in 2022. Yeah, sure, that an 8-4 record and appearance on the Outback Bowl. Congrats. Oh, <laughs> well, now, easy there, boys. Can't we all just get along like peas and carrots and mama's chicken pot <laughs> pie? We are, after all, one big SEC family. Uh, Brian, how the hell did you even get on this call? <laughs> Joey Molinero <laughs> it's on, really despicable. on Twitter. Amazing. If you don't follow him, you should. It's on my timeline, yep. the Monty Show, yep. M-O-N-T-Y, yep. the Monty Show. Yep. That's it. I don't want to comment on it. I don't want to get into it's, it. Just follow it. Just follow it. I'm telling you, it's not done yet. It, still this, more. Is, this is why Paul Feinbaum was born. Yeah. To get into conversations like this. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it is absolutely spectacular. It's ridiculous. As yeah. is this show every day, make sure you hit uh, like and subscribe. We appreciate you guys all being here. Yeah. Where do you want to go nine sports today, Jake? Like, there's a bunch of stuff. Should we the talk about coronavirus? Yeah. Well. Let's save the uh, let's save the Rona for the second because <laughs> I want to talk about powerful men and sex. Yeah. Um, so I'm a powerful guy, but I don't get any sex mainly because I've been married <laughs> for like 30 years. So you don't do that kind of thing. Uh, and, you know. Um, anyway, Mrs. Mati's like sitting 10 feet away. That's like, it, Skippy. Giving me the death stare. Right. She's like, oh, no sex. Yeah, good. Anyway. Um, it's internal. If you're Elon Musk, you apparently allegedly sexually harass stewardesses and turn them into masseuses. This is a crazy story. So Elon Musk, who is the founder of SpaceX and Tesla. Tesla. At SpaceX, apparently they have a fleet of airplanes or an airplane that they fly on and they have SpaceX employed stewardesses Uh who are apparently female in nature and quite attractive <laughs> so of course elon would expect them to give him massages i uh, mean why would he not right right to the point where this one female stewardess in question they encouraged her to go to massage school so that she could massage elon musk properly right which she did uh-huh so one day Elon went back into the private suite on his jet and she went in to give him a massage. Uh-huh. When she walked in the room, she found a raised flagpole and a completely naked Elon Musk. How about that? Who was only covered in a sheet. And at one point he whipped out his SpaceX uh-huh. and rubbed her thigh. Uh-huh. And when his rocket launched, she left the room. Cock-a-doodle-doo. And she she claims it ended her ability to be employed there uh-huh. and so she of course told a friend of hers hey 
he had a boner and he rubbed my thigh Mm. and I was uncomfortable. And so I left and it cost me my job. And so, of course, she hired an employment attorney. Right. And of course, they settled out of court for what is reported to be $250,000 at a minimum. A drop in the bucket. And she signed a non-disclosure agreement saying that she won't talk about it or, you know, negatively about Elon. Yeah. But, I mean, she didn't disclose this. Her friend disclosed it. Yeah. Her friend is part of the uh, proceeding to get her her stewardess friend the $250,000 minimum payment. um, Wrote a declaration describing exactly what the stewardess told her. And so now she's given that declaration to a bunch of people in the media and Elon's big swing and dick is out in the public now. Lover boy. Wow. And yeah, wow. And all of a sudden Elon's like, "Oh, this is a political hit piece." So wait, you're saying that there was no sexual harassment and Oh, he can't comment about that because it invalidates his non-disclosure agreement. What I just say. And then she'd be able to talk about it. So Elon is only saying that this is a political hit Owned. piece from his enemies. Owned. Now, I'll say. Hi, Mrs. Monty. Hi. If you're going to, like, stir everything up by trying to buy Twitter and get all kinds of attention, people are going to take the opportunity to also wave out all the flags that wait, say there's mean, other wait, issues. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's the first question I have. Right. Before we talk about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Right. And her dress. Right. Um. When you get a massage, are you naked? Yeah, I have, but you're under a sheet. Okay. Well, for guys, it's a little different. It's ridiculous. You're Be- not naked? Well, you are, but when you roll over, sometimes... Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's tough. It, it's, it's SpaceX. Like, it's, you know, like the, but- the blood flows and the... <laughs> Don't... <laughs> Just Sorry. because you have a heart on does not mean <laughs> that the other person is interested in it. Is that true? Jimbo, I don't know what yes. you're talking about. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Deshaun Watson. It is one of those things where I think here's the issue. Here's the And no, I totally agree with you. I'm not the naked massage guy, by the way. I am the boxer short under the sheets guy. <laughs> um, but the bigger issue here is you have powerful rich men the Kennedys, the Clintons, mm-hmm. the Robert Elon Musks, Robert Kraft, Daddy? who just assume, yeah. and Robert Kraft probably is different here because he was in a place where this is what they do for a living. Um, but you, you, those are allegedly the women at this massage parlor for Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, who yeah. was caught getting a, you know, a hammy, you know, before the AFC championship stuff. game and stuff, you know, uh, you know, yeah. uh-huh. he mm-hmm. pulled up to a massage parlor in a Bentley. Fucking A. Anyway, the point that you call a baller. The point is, um, you look at Bill Clinton and Elon Musk. Let's compare those two situations, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you have Monica Lewinsky, who was an intern in at the White House in the Oval Office. Right. Um, smoking Bill Clinton's cigar, and then the ashes stained her dress, right? Right. Well, what was she? She was a lower level employee who a very rich and powerful man, the president of the United States of America, found sexually attractive in the moment. You have Elon Musk, who is a rich and powerful man, now the richest man in the world, arguably, who found a lower-level employee that he found attractive and wanted a massage from. And so he got that massage, and he tried for more, and she left. Yeah. 
I think it's one of these things where nine out of 10 of us will never understand being in that position, mm -hmm. the woman or the man. But I don't have any, any problem seeing how this went down. You're a rich, powerful man who believes that you can have anything you want. Yeah. Well, I'm Elon Musk. She wants to give me a hand job. I'm for real. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm Elon Musk. She yeah. wants to fly my rocket ship. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, you can see. Bill Clinton, I'm the president of the United States. You're a voluptuous intern. Let's go. Time to beach me up. Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. That's, I mean, but the problem is, do you really leave it on the dress? Like, how stupid are you at this point? Yeah. If you're Elon Musk, my question is, do you not balance what you have versus what you're going to lose? Because, and maybe, maybe, and I could be wrong about this, maybe Elon Musk has really lost nothing. He wipes his ass with $250,000 yeah, probably every day. Yeah, literally doesn't matter to him. But does his reputation matter to him? Yeah, well, I think his reputation is taking a beating with the Twitter thing, and now this, like, I think it's not a good look. But you look at Donald Trump, and I think Donald Trump changed the way we look at reputations now. Because whether it's, you know, grab him by the pee or, you know, Stormy Daniels or whoever you want to point to with him. Yeah. It never impacted his ability to become president of the United States. It never nope. even got close. Nope. Now, you could talk about who got more votes or whatever. The guy won the presidency by gaming the system. Yeah. He played the system to a T, even after he admitted to grabbing the P. Yeah. So, the T and the P. And, and it all rhymes and... Anyway, I, I have no problem seeing how this went down. I think rich, powerful men see what they want, and they often get what they want. And Well, they've gotten what they want their whole life. I yes. Mean, I mean, that, that's, that's yes. the truth of it. And, and I think that I, – I, I just think that with that kind of money comes a lot of responsibility, and, and you can't – you just can't do this stuff, man. Like, and my other problem with this whole situation is you're Elon Musk. You're telling me you can't find a woman who wants to do that with you? Like, like really? Like, yeah, come seriously. on, dude. Like, what are we talking about? No, Jared Jensen says your Arby's DoorDash is five minutes away. Nah, I'm fine. Nah, yeah, I'm, by the I'm way, fine. hey, by the way, somebody sent us donuts the other day. I forgot to mention this. Somebody, whoever sent donuts to my house the other day from Starlight Donuts or whatever it was called. Right. I appreciate that. There's no, like, it just said, thanks, Tim, on the box. That's all it said. Right. I don't know who sent those. If you sent them, I ate like four of them. Thanks for raising my blood sugar. They were amazing. But I appreciate you. This is the second time. Somebody sent, didn't somebody send us crumble once or something? Somebody sent us cookies once too, I think. Yeah. But we appreciate you guys doing that. Just put your name on the box so I know who it is. Maybe they don't want you to know. Maybe they don't want me to know. I don't Secret know. Secret lover. Uh, no. Uh, Trade Donovan, keep Rudy Strange Cloud says, James Knight says, great to have you back, Ramiro. Ramiro said, what's up, fellas? I've had a tough few months, really down for a while. Girl trouble. Oh, man, Ramiro, Damn. I'm sorry to hear that. He said, but I never stop watching. Appreciate you, Ramiro. Hope things get better. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, if you're making the massage sexual, that's on you. Exactly right. But, again, and this is why I say pornography is a great destroyer of men. Anytime there's a woman in the room and we're not wearing clothes, it is sexual because we as men believe that women are sexual servants. Yeah. We only view women through a sexual lens. Yeah. A lot of men only view women through a sexual lens. Yeah. You know, like we judge women based on the size of the rack or, you know, like you, you go to the gym and it's like, oh, she's wearing a bikini. She must want us to look at her. Like as men, generally, we sexualize everything that women do. Yeah. And that to me is the bigger issue. Yeah. I think that's the bigger problem is that we tend to sexualize things that that women do. And we think it's all about that. And it's not. So 
there you have it. Josh Leverett says, the more wealthy they are, the less worried they are about reputation. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, he said, I sent you 4X, Monty. Did you get them? Or maybe I sent donuts by mistake. I want my 4X gold. I do, James. You're going Don't in. Don't try James. James, hold on. You're going <laughs> into the winter season work. now. Don't try to take credit for someone else's work. We all know damn well you didn't send the donuts. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You're not a guy who sends a gift and doesn't put his name on it. We know that. And Garcy makes a very good point. These guys really should screen their employees better. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe just don't sexually harass yeah. them. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. It's really uh, despicable. Yeah. Fat Jesus says, grabbing the P, was that the band Dr. Seuss book? Yeah, I believe it was. Dude. I, I'm pretty sure it was. Donuts by Arby's? Josh Levern says, hey, I'll know. No. No donuts by Arby's. All right, let's talk about the Rona real quick because then we got to go. Um, Mrs. Monty sent me an article the other day. Show prep. Working from home has forever changed the workforce in this The country. coronavirus. All three of us work from home full-time, never going back to the office. Our companies have said you can work from home full-time. You don't have to go to the office. Right. Could you see yourself going comfortably back to an office full-time? I mean, yeah, if I had to, I guess. But that's a no. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I don't want to. If I had to, sure, but I don't want to. What wouldn't you give up? Like, if they said, oh, man. you need to come back, what, what would you say, this is something I'm not willing to bend on? Uh, my setup, uh, hours, flexibility. We have so much, and I work for a great company. I, Yelp is a great place to work. I love my job every single day. It's the best job I've ever had. You know, I'm right, always positive and upbeat. Right, and, right, right. But I have complete autonomy over my time. I don't have somebody looking over my shoulder. I don't have somebody checking my productivity. Now, some of that is I'm a top producer. I make a lot of money. Um, I'm, I'm, I do really well. But another part of that is, is that, you know, you can't see what I'm doing if my camera's not on, right? Like I have complete autonomy. It'd be really difficult for me to give up that freedom, mm -hmm. I think. You know, I can, you know, I can go to lunch for, I get an hour lunch every day. Sometimes that's an hour and 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, like. I'm I'm not giving up the the time that it requires to commute into an office. If there's an office 15 minutes away from me, yes, I would consider it. If I have to drive, yes. you know, 45 minutes and fight for parking. But hey, they like... redid Bangor now. Yeah. Did, did you guys see they're going to tear up the northern half of Bangor next? Cool. I'm not about it. 4100 out to the airport is going to be completely destroyed now. Oh, that way. What well, yeah. needs to be redone? That side needs to be redone. We've done. It does. It, how does that impact you on any level? Because we travel. Well, we don't travel anymore. Like, what are you talking we about? I we, mean, you, it, when it we used matter. to like go to the airport and stuff. Because yeah. if you go to the airport, it's going to be. It's fine. It's, it's way be better when it's done. It's the same thing that they did over here. But yeah. what it's going to relieve is all the traffic lights, which cause all the back. Yeah. The accidents. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, the accidents on Bangor are already down 60%. Yeah. So, but anyway, my point is. Yeah. Traffic, absolutely. I am not driving Commute in time. rush hour traffic. Commute time is a loss for like. Now, I I happen to work for Amazon. When I go up to Seattle, they do provide shuttles to like from major cities into the office that have Wi-Fi and are super comfy. So there are some people there who, if you're if you're going to go into the office in Seattle, 
they include their commute time in their work time. So they are not commuting to get into the office before 8 a.m. and not leaving until after 5. Yeah. They are getting yes. on their bus at 8. They are spending an hour working on the on the bus, and then they leave home, you know. Josh Levern, who's in home. Seattle, says South Lake Union. South Lake, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Giggity says, no way I'm going back to the office and giving up the potential for a little afternoon loving. <laughs> afternoon delight. That's right. Jake, that's true. He does not know that song. He doesn't. No. He has no idea what that means. No. Um, I just think the freedom you have at home. I like, you know what? I like wearing whatever I want to wear. I Clothing. like, I like, I wear yoga pants or shorts every single day. I wear sweatshirts every, like all the time. Mm. When I come home from the gym, I don't, I, I leave my sleeveless on. I don't have to put on a dress shirt. Like when we were in the office, I always dressed to the nines. I either had a button down on or a, a Callaway polo, like. You know, like I like I, I like the comfort level that you get. I like crapping on my own toilet every that, day at ten thirty. I think that I think that for people who can't be productive on their own, that's why they want the office. They need the structure. Oh, that's true. That the office provides, and and I I'm not hating on those people. I I respect it. You know you know that you're not productive. You know working from home and doing your thing. So you want the office. Okay, great. But for someone like me, like I live alone and I do the job every day and it's fine. Like it's fine. And, and yeah, when you are a top performer at a major tech company, yeah, you are going to get some leeway. You are going to get some, some flexibility that maybe a low yes. performer is not going to get. And that's just how it is. And I don't think there's a problem with that. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just think my setup, like I have a really nice monitor. I have like a two monitor system. I have a, a standing desk. Like all that stuff is given to you by companies. I had I had a huge monitor when I worked in the office. I had a standing desk when I worked in the office, but I didn't have my dog jumping up on my lap. Um, you know what? I didn't have like all of the little accoutrements. Yeah. You know, like uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I love working at home, but I do miss being around coworkers and being around people. Uh, at home, the pigeons and I have a great relationship. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, there's something to that. I do miss my coworkers. Listening, one of the biggest things for me is being able to listen to my own music while I work. That yes. would be something that I would not want to give up, you know? Yeah. Uh, Fat Jesus says, I miss the handles I get from my interns at the office. Me too, man. <laughs> um, Josh Levern says, has uh, Monty has the wife ride the South Lake Union Transit. They sell a shirt that says, I rode the slut. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just wish that we were S-L-U-T. They won't do it. It should be Salt Lake, Utah, but Salt Lake you know, City. Salt you know, Lake City, the, man. You know. So cut. Yeah, you know the, the thing, and not to belabor this, um, mm -hmm. not to belabor this, ooh, huge draw on the sneakers app this morning. Huge draw, like a money-making draw. We talking about bedness. We talking, oh, they don't make it in my size, you cocks. Spencer Cox. What a jerk weed. Uh, anyway, my point is, um, I miss like at Yelp, they have fully stocked kitchens. And I know a lot of companies do that, but our kitchens were on roids. They give us taco Tuesday and they bring in fresh tacos. And like, I love, 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 love the, the work environment that we had at Yelp. I, I mean, I really, truly enjoyed it. Yeah. But man, I, I got to tell you, I, the work environment I have at home um, I love working with my wife every day. Mm -hmm. I love working with my wife every day. I feel really lucky to sit next to my wife. Like we sit five feet apart from each other. We're both really loud talkers, but we've adjusted, you what? know, like what we're really loud talkers. Yeah. Who knew? Right. 
now he has he now he has a shoe guy. I have been a shoe guy, bro. I own over a hundred pairs of Jordans. What are you yeah, talking? Yeah, what about? are you talking about, Doc? What are you talking about? Um, do you guys do you guys work full time at home? What are your side hustle? Well, side hustles. Jesus Christ, what are we not? What are we do? not side Holy hustling? Crap. Um, it's crazy. Um, we side hustle shoes. We side hustle YouTube. We side hustle like uh, shoes, bro, YouTube, like um, Jeeps you know cars like i mean it, it's crazy what we side hustle anyway yeah side hustle playing music jake because we have to go mm -hmm. um have a great weekend make sure you follow us on social we are announcing a huge giveaway tomorrow uh on twitter instagram and tiktok uh the monty show m-o-n-t-y the monty show follow jake at slc supercars um we're gonna hook you up it's a huge it's a 500 value prize next week uh, that is really applicable, actually, to the exact conversation we just had. It's going to be a great prize. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. Um, really appreciate all of you. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.